Clarita here, and I've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. If you want to release your music into the world, DistroKid's the easiest way to get your music into all the major streaming platforms, unlimited uploads, and keep 100% of your royalties. And because you're a Design Freaks listener, you get 30% off. Go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash Design Freaks. DistroKid. Welcome to Design Freaks. It's the uh, podcast where I, Clarita, talk about music industry, art and design, album covers, posters and such. Guess what? I've been doing this for five years. Uh, The show debuted in Halloween of 2018. Five-year anniversary. Thank you so much for listening. Um, You guys, I have Lou Reed on the brain. I really do. I have for a while. He keeps coming up in conversations I feel like I meant to do this episode. Um, so today I'm going to be talking about, um, this is, by the way, this is cover to cover. It's the mini apps where I take a look behind under one cover at a time. And this time it's Lou Reed Transformer. So you may be wondering why cover this Lou Reed album? And it's because when it comes to Transformer, there's more than meets the eye. Sorry. So uh, I did some research and I'm going to tell you all about what I have learned. I want to make another connection, not just my terrible Transformers joke, but there is another connection. My guest, Masaki Koike from episode 53, um, was recently nominated for yet another Grammy Award. It's going to be his third or fourth nomination, his potentially his third win. Um, and these are the 2024 Grammy Awards. Um, so yeah, Masaki from Fixed Design uh, was on my show a few episodes back. The link will be in the show notes to access that. It's all about his work on the amazing uh, Words and Music 1965, basically the lost demo tapes that Lou mailed himself as a form of copywriting his material. It's an interesting story and he stored it away into his archive. And it was uncovered after he passed away. Light in the Attic released it. There's a whole podcast about uh, the album itself. But in my episode with Misaki, we talk about the design, the packaging for that. And it is up for a Grammy. And it's so well-deserved. That's why I wanted to do that episode with him and hear how he came about this process and it's even more fascinating than I thought it would be. Yeah, if you haven't heard the music, it's just hauntingly spectacular. It's a part of of his story. So yeah, uh, I have always wondered about Transformer. You know, right off the bat, I just, I assumed that Mick Rock had taken both photos for that album front and back, but that is not the case. I'm going to talk about the photographer for the color photo on the back of the record and the stories behind the models too in that photo. Uh, But before I get to that, um, I just wanna say thank you so much for tuning in and for tuning in for the past five years. Some of you have been here the whole time and sharing with friends. And so, yeah, I 
Would appreciate if you enjoy the show to leave a five-star iTunes review. Subscribe to my YouTube. You can find everything at designfreakspodcast.com. I'm at underscore designfreaks on Instagram. Um, I've got some great interviews and mini minisodes coming up. Uh, and drum roll, big announcement for the first time ever. I'm going to interview an entire band on the show um, or most of the band, I think. Um, and they are celebrating a re-release of something from back in the day. So make sure to subscribe so you get the notifications. And uh, as always, for other music-related podcasts, check out ruinousmedia.com. Let's talk about the cover for Transformer. There's quite a bit to talk about here, but um, I want to start like I normally do with overall album credits. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about the record itself, and then I'll get into each one of those credits to each one of the people involved. Black and white photography, Mick Rock. Uh, color photography, Carl Stoker, who uh, also shot the first three Roxy Music covers and those amazing portraits of the members of Roxy Music. We'll talk about that in a minute. Art director and graphic design, Ernst Thormelin, uh, also Banana Man. I'll talk more about that. Um, produced famously by David Bowie and Ziggy Stardust himself and then uh, Mick Ronson too. And they each also did other things for the they They also played multiple instruments for the album. Um, so this is kind of known as Lou Reed's Ziggy Stardust in a way. Um, I believe that's why David Bowie was brought on board. It was kind of going to capitalize on the glam thing. But this is... Uh, very much more Lou. Uh, it's it's like gritty stardust. It's got a lot of the New York street vibes to it. Um, and then there's similarities though. So like the protagonist in Lou's case was a little bit more based on his own life, um, less fantasy than David. Whoa, cat food alert. Uh, was le less fantasy than David Bowie's Ziggy character. But in what they have in common, they're both surrounded by, you know, fantastical characters um, that transcended gender roles. They were young and beautiful and on drugs. Um, Lou says, I just wrote about people I knew and where I came from. So um, I read that um, the characters were based on people he met in Andy Warhol's factory. And I'll talk more about that in a minute. He sings about the darker side of life, but in a romantic way. It aligns with um, Bowie's character. So in fact, Lou composed a demo of Satellite of Love in the summer of 1970, one year after David Bowie's Space Oddity. And it was recorded with the Velvet Underground for their album Loaded, but was not released at that time. Fun fact. <laughs> So this album has so many hits. I mean, it's Walk on the Wild Side, Satellite of Love, Perfect Day, and then some sleepers too that I really love. Andy's Chest, uh, I'm Free, Hanging Round is a, um, a great song. So let's talk about the front cover. The photo was famously taken by Mick Rock, and he Mick Rock, if you don't know, is was like the 1970s rock photographer extraordinaire. He shot, you know, Blondie, David Bowie, and was friends with Lou Reed. Um, in fact, 
There's a whole book. Yeah, it's called Transformer and it's documenting all their 40 years of their friendship together and Mick Rock taking Lou's photos. Transformer was Lou Reed's second solo studio album um, and it was released in November of 1972. Before I go into that, I want to just say a little bit more about Mick Rock. He was born Michael Edward Chester Smith. Can you tell I looked up the Wikipedia? (laughs) And he was born November 21st, 1948. It's his birthday. Happy birthday. It's so fun when that happens. Lattice of coincidence. Um, And then, yeah, born in uh, London. And then he just passed away in 2021 on November 18th, just days from his birthday. Um, He was 72 and was living in Staten Island. I wonder if him and David Johansson hung out. The story behind the photo being chosen is that this uh, is actually not a studio photo. This is from, you know, a live gig, London's King's Cross Cinema on July 14th, 1972. And Mick Rock says it wasn't meant for the album cover or any album cover, but he says he showed Lou the contact sheet and Lou zeroed in on that one. Um, he ac- it accidentally became overexposed because Mick Rock did his all of his own developing. Became overexposed in the darkroom, but I don't know, happiest accident ever. Like, it looks really cool. High contrast. It's Lou Reed's face. Kind of a close-up. He's wearing this fantastic black velvet bolero jacket, um, which I went down a whole rabbit hole about that, about that suit. Um, very cool. And he has this faraway look on his face. He either looks like, you know, it's it's almost like fucked up on drugs or like Buddha experiencing enlightenment <laughs> or both. Um, but yeah, it's been described as sarcastic or bored. But anyway, it's just extremely high contrast, black and white. Like it looks like it could be cut out of paper. Um, and his eyes have a lot of black around them and it's very dramatic. Um, above his head is, um, some color at the top. It's like this gold color, like color of my microphone. If you're watching this and the type is in black, but it's, um, a little hard to read. Um, it's a little hard to read because it's a font that is meant to look, uh, kind of like if you're familiar with that, font that ACDC like to use called Shatter. It's got a little bit of that, but not at an angle. It's like vertical up and down. And it really looks like a little bit funhouse mirror, a little bit kind of disjointed. Um, And I've heard it be described as um, the reason that font was chosen. um, And I'll talk a little bit more about that font in a second. Supposedly, it's a play on the word transformer as in high voltage. So it looks electric, um, the electrical connotation of a transformer and also the blurred lines concerning Lou's career and even his sexuality. So yeah, a lot of transforming going on as the theme of this album, obviously. So this is a, a photography episode, but what's so cool about Transformer is the two photographers involved couldn't be more different. You know, one is studio, one's like the candid camera guy. Um, Not only capturing live performance, but also those moments when if you've ever hung around one of these types of photographers, it's real annoying how sneaky they are, but it's also create, it creates such moments of authentic 
um, documentation. It's just real moments in time. It's very, very cool. So yeah, I really wish I had this book. Um, and um, it's said that this image for Transformer is one of the most iconic images in modern music. Um, this book also features unseen outtakes, studio sessions, spontaneous shots, and friends, including Andy Warhol, Mick Jagger, Iggy Pop, and David Bowie. And he uh, he said he and Lou chose pictures that they loved. Also, the front cover does involve some other design elements other than the font and the color. There's also color added to Lou's guitar, uh, sort of an outline that carries over to the back. And the, on the back, that outline is used as a frame around one of the figures. So let's turn the album over and take a look. Okay, the back cover is pretty interesting as well and has the same enigmatic quality as the front, uh, even though these are two very different types of photographers. It still is, it has a cohesive feeling. So um, the photo was taken by Carl Stoker. He shot the first three Roxy Music album covers and those awesome individual uh, studio portraits of like Brian Eno, Phil Manzanera, looking so cute in his glasses. So let's talk about this photo though. Um, so the t there's two figures on the back. This is a color photo. The two figures, there's a woman on the left. I read she was um, supposed to be perhaps a trans woman. And then, so she's wearing a ton of makeup. And then the man on the right next to her is kind of got a leather daddy look. And he had a cigarette pack rolled up in his sleeve, which was the style at the time. And an onion in his pants. No, it's actually a banana in his pants. And I heard also he had put a sock. He had put the banana inside a sock and then put that in his pants. So good for him. Um, his name's Ernie Thormelin. And surprise, surprise, not only was he Lou Reed's former road manager, he's also Mick Rock's graphic designer. And he art directed this entire album cover. So way to go, Banana Man. We love you. And his name, it's, I've seen so many different uh, names for him. Ernie, Ernest, and my favorite, Ernst. Uh, which is very cool. Um, so yeah, in reality, the couple are our 1960s London supermodel model Gayla Mitchell and shot separately from Lou Reed's former road manager, Ernie, with a large banana in his jeans. Yeah, I just, I really love Carl's photos. Uh, put a bunch up on the screen. He has done the coolest photo shoots. The eponymous record, Roxy Music eponymous record with Carrie Ann Muller from 1972. And I often say that that face she's making is the face I make on public transit trying not to touch anything. Um, the Stranded record, which I had never seen the actual photos for, just the record cover. It really is a different feeling looking at the photo. It's like this lush, it's a woman in a kind of a fainting pose on the ground, like lying down on the ground on her back wearing like a red dress and um, she has the back of her hand against her forehead like she's fainting and it, it, the color is so saturated kind of makes me think of violence toward women like maybe she's dead 
but um, a very eerie vibe, but also very lovely. Um, and then For Your Pleasure from 19, also 1973. So both of those two came out the same year. Yeah. And the photo shoot for the back of For Your Pleasure is so cool. It's the iconic photos of Brian Eno with his feather shoulders and his just glammed out full makeup. Oh my God. I love it so much. Everybody's hair, like Phil Manzanera's hair is just blowing in the wind. Brian Ferry is having the time of his life. Andrew McKay is playing a weird guitar. The drummer is also holding a guitar. If you've ever seen live videos of them playing back then, really cool. And then, so the For Your Pleasure front covers are really intriguing too, to me. Um, Very dark, way more like Transformer than the other two. Very stark, light and darks. And then there's a lot of mystery here. What the hell's going on? It's again, that enigmatic feeling. So it's interesting to look back and make these connections, visual connections when you know, oh, that's the same person. I got to say, I'm more of a Carl fan than a Mick Rock fan just because, and I know it's not a competition. This is something I said about Storm Thorgerson too. It's like, it's so, it's almost like crazily extravagant to do all of this for one image. It's just so interesting to me putting all this effort. I talked about Sandy Skoglund and that that Pink Floyd covers a cover. But yeah, I just, I love, and Cindy Sherman too, just entire world being created from this one frame. And then your brain kind of fills in the rest. Uh, so yeah, I really like that. Okay, so let's talk about Old banana pants, Ernst Thormelin, uh, real cutie, and um, he designed this. He also designed a few other great records. Um, 1969, The Velvet Underground Live, that came out in 1974. I'll have all my sources in the show notes, but um, I found that at MoMA.org, so they own this lithograph. Dead Boys, We Have Come For Your Children. Great design. Um, one golden earring record. I hadn't really heard any of the other bands. And then there's a various best ofs for Dead Boys, Lou Reed, and Velvet Underground. So yeah, we love Orange Thermalin. He died pretty young in the 80s. There is a, a huge queerness element to this, you know, not just with the literal trans reference, but of course, Walk on the Wild Side. There's a lot of references to um the Warholian characters, uh, Holly Woodlawn, Candy Darling, Jackie Curtis, uh, Joe D'Alessandro, one of the sexiest people to walk the earth, um, and Sugar Plum Fairy. Lou was friends with these folks and was queer himself, but I feel like I've heard him talk about in interviews sort of lamenting that he didn't really have a chance to be himself and wished he had been able to be more authentic um, about his sexuality. So I, I, I wonder if he was living vicariously through these friends of his. So I found this great blog entry by Madeline Boccaro, and I'm just going to read a quote, probably saw his own reflection in them, but there was always a distance, a denial. Lou maintained the image of a storyteller 
But his own story was questionable. He revealed it infrequently. Lou transformed many times throughout his career. And one of the times, just to mention again, the uh, Masaki Koike episode, what Masaki aimed to illustrate with his design and designing these pieces as you open the package and you get to know Lou going from the Pickwick days um, with the primitives and when he was still going by Lewis and becoming Lou. And so Masaki wanted to illustrate this sort of artist coming into focus through the use of halftone, which was also a necessity because he only had one photo <laughs> to use, or I guess that was the photo they chose. A way to work with an old photo is bit mapping the hell out of it. So just so much transformation in his life. And he really was the transformer. And there was more than meets the eye. <laughs> Anyways, thank you so much for tuning in for this long winding journey I just took us on. Subscribe wherever you found me and I'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.